today, I just want to pray and ask God to speak uh, to us this morning, and uh, then we're going to jump right in. Is that okay? Very good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for each and every person that can hear my voice. God, I believe that they are here uh, not by mistake, but on purpose. God, I believe that you are moving and working. God, I just pray the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to our hearts, will pinpoint those things in our lives, God, that you're doing a work in. God, I pray that if anybody walked into this place or signed in online and they just feel, honestly, the weight of life, God, I pray that over the next few moments they can place that weight at your feet, God, and know that uh, your strength is the one that sustains us and that gives us hope, God. Uh, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase, and we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, today uh, we're talking about a particular topic, and uh, it's so big and and so important. I just want to jump right in. In fact, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we're in a set of talks where Jesus begins to teach. And so in John chapter 13, he has this intimate moment with his closest followers. And then he goes into what's called the Last Supper discourse, where uh, he begins to teach and say, hey, I'm not going to be with you much longer, but I want you to know how to remain in me. I want you to know how to still live with God, even though I'm not physically going to be right here in front of you in the flesh. And so he goes into this teaching of John chapter 14, 15, 16, and then John chapter 17, which we'll talk about next week. And then in John chapter 18, we see where that's where Jesus goes to the cross uh, to pay for your sin, to pay for my sin. And so these are the essential talks. It's almost like last Jesus' last rally call. It's it's more of an intimate conversation. He brings his followers in close and he says, hey, listen, this is what I want to teach you. This is what you need to know before I go. And so that's what we're in. And and we're here now in John chapter 16. And I believe this is one of the most important teachings that Jesus taught why he was on this earth. I, I, I Just reading this, understanding, in fact, it's so big that he spent two chapters just in the book of John talking about this topic, talking about what this looks like. John chapter 14 is a major part of it, and John chapter 16 as well, and that we're going to see. And so for you and I, I hope that we can help answer this question today as we study the scriptures together, is that what is the Holy Spirit's role in our life. What is the Holy Spirit's role in our life? And I would love for all of us to be able to walk out of this place knowing, okay, this is what the Holy Spirit does in my life. This is how he works. This is what it looks like to live with Jesus on a daily basis. And so in order for us to get that, we're going to be in John chapter 16, start in verse 5. Everybody still okay? Very good. Very good. So verse 5, and I'm going to read through a few chapters here. Uh, It starts, it says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into 
all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Amen. What a beautiful piece of scripture as we read this. And Jesus makes a bold statement. And to me, this is, this is a pretty big statement from Jesus. He goes, hey, it's actually like, I don't want you to grieve. In fact, it's better that I'm going. I mean, that's, that's Jesus, the Son of God, is saying, hey, it's better that I go because when I go, I'm going to send you the advocate. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he's not saying I'm going to send you a helper. He's saying, no, 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 I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you, and we know that Jesus exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I, I am Jesus in the flesh that has come, uh, that we see that, that incarnate feature of God where he comes and he dies on the cross and raises from the dead again. And then we see the spirit come to dwell inside each and every believer. And so my title today for the message is, is the helper, the helper. That's, that's huge for you and I as a follower of Jesus to know and understand that we have the helper with us, not a helper, but the helper. And by the end of this message, I hope that those two words transform our lives. I hope that those two words give us hope in the darkest moments of our life. I hope that those two words, when we leave this place, give us hope for eternity. And so as we look at these here today, the first thing I want us to get is that we have to understand that when you and I become a follower of Jesus, that's when we receive the Holy Spirit. We see this in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. It says, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. When you and I come to know Christ, the seal of our salvation is the Holy Spirit. It's God living in us and through us. I love this definition of the Holy Spirit. If, if you're not taking notes, I think there's bonus points in heaven when you just take down some notes in church. I'm just kidding. But still, I, if, you're gonna, if you weren't taking any notes on any other Sunday, um, I would recommend you take notes because this topic is, is that important for you and I as believers in Christ. I love this definition of the Holy Spirit though it says the holy spirit is the power and presence of god in a believer's life the holy spirit is the power and presence of god in a believer's life and so when you and i come to know christ the the seal the the moment he says this is my son this is my daughter and he gives us the holy spirit and there's many names that we see in the bible described to the holy spirit we see advocate we see the helper we see counselor we see the comforter and so we see all of these different characteristics of who god is and what god does inside of our lives and we see this beautiful picture where this relationship, the Bible even describes that in the Old Testament, there was a temple, right? And that's where God's presence dwelt among the Jews as they travel from place to place. And, and we see that the in the holies of holies, the high priest would come in and, and try to make himself sinless to be there in that moment, to be in the presence of God. But because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice on the cross, because when we place our faith in him, it went through God's seed us through the blood of Jesus and now we are holy now we are righteous not because of what we have done but because we placed our faith in the free gift of grace that Jesus has provided and that we receive 
the Holy Spirit. And we have this beautiful, amazing union with God. The Holy Spirit begins to work and to dwell inside of our lives. And I love this quote by uh, A.W. Tozer. And he says this, The Spirit-filled life is not a special, deluxe edition of Christianity. It is a part and parcel of the total plan of God and His purposes. I love that. It's not like this, oh, oh, oh they got the Holy Spirit, or, or they have more of the Holy Spirit, or they, like, this is this awesome deluxe package. Like, God, can I get that deluxe, right? Like, can I get that? But God's like, no, no, this is actually my plan. For every believer, every person that places their faith in me, this is my promise for them. And Jesus, it goes back to that statement. It's better for you that I go. Because you're going to get the Spirit of God dwelling in you and working through you. You're going to get the presence and power of God working inside of our lives. But if we are honest and we think about uh, all of those statements, all of those big promises that God gives us, if we're honest, it, it still is a little muddy, right? Like, 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 what does the Holy Spirit do inside of our lives? What does he actually look like? How does he work with my mind, my conscience, my soul? Like, how do, when I'm at school on Monday, when I'm at work, when I'm at my house, when I'm in my marriage, when I'm in other relationships, what is the Holy Spirit's role? What does he do inside of our lives? And Jesus, he, he knows that. And being the great teacher that he is, he leans in and gives us some fundamental truths about the Holy Spirit. He gives us some fundamental things. In fact, he gives us four big pieces. And then it's like a, a picture of a boxer, you know, and he's like kind of in the ring. And then he gives us this major right hook at the end, okay? Um, just stay with me on the illustrations there. But uh, we see these, and he, he really comes in on these three, these three big topics. And he says that the Holy Spirit comes, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he gives us those three kind of big categories of this is the role of the Holy Spirit. And we see the first one. This is one we probably don't like to talk about. He's saying he's going to convict us of sin. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the one that actually comes into our heart and helps us to realize, wow, I fall short of the glory of God. And we're all in commonality because Romans 3.23 says that we all fall short of the glory of God, right? Every, not, there is not one person that escapes. In fact, the law was made as a mirror so you and I could stand in front of the mirror of the law and go, wow, I didn't make that one. I didn't make that one. I fall short there. I fall short there. I need a Savior, right? And in that moment of need, we realize I need a savior. And Jesus comes and he's saying, I know and I love you so much that I'm going to send my son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that your punishment, Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death, right? Like that's the wages for when we disobey God, for when we do something that's against God's law, against God's character. But you and I, we don't have to face that punishment, that judgment from God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. When we place our faith in him, that's why when we sing, he has set me free. He has set me free from that bondage, set me free from that condemnation, set me free from that guilt, that shame, all of that that I'm carrying. Jesus can set us free when we place our faith in him and, and decide to follow and live with him. And he gives us this picture of sin. And so all of these different things, the Holy Spirit begins to convict us. I don't know about you, but I remember when I first came to know Christ and um, I, I was living a certain lifestyle. And when I came to know Christ, all of a sudden that certain lifestyle didn't fit inside of my heart and mind. It was like God had changed something in me and I started to feel this conviction of going, 
ooh, this doesn't feel right. Like this, like I shouldn't be doing this, right? And it's because I was living in sin. And now the Holy Spirit was like, hey, this is not why I created you. And I'm convicting you of this so that you can eliminate that from your life. And he not only does that, but then he says, I want to convict you not of just sin, but now I'm going to convict you of righteousness, right? Like uh, of what is right and, and what is holy. And so he, he I, I love this illustration. And, and uh, I, I'm not the best artist. If you want me to draw a picture, like just call somebody else, right? But uh, we see this, uh, these sculptures that are made. And you look at this incredible artist who can take like a block of cement and go, ooh, this is going to be good. I'm going to turn this into a beautiful, smooth masterpiece. And all this detail, it kind of blows my mind, right? And so they take this and they take their chisel, they take their hammer, and they start just to chisel away at this block of nothing, right? It's just cement. And they just, and they start to chisel away at this beautiful piece piece of block and and all of a sudden you begin to see a face form right and then a body and you're like oh I see what you see now right and I think about that illustration I think about you and I we come to Jesus in our weakness in our faults in our shortcomings in our failures right and the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of sin and that's the chisel he starts to chisel away the things in our life he's going no no, this is not for you this is not of you in fact I created you for something better right and then then the conviction of righteousness is what the artist has in his mind. It's the picture, right? It's like looking back at the picture, like, okay, yeah, yeah, the face needs to go this way. All right, perfect, right? So he's convicting us of sin. We need to cut this away. And then he's like, this is a picture of what could be. This is a picture of what is holy. This is a picture of what is right. And we have that picture and we have the, the amazing picture and uh, amazing quality that you and I can look at in the face of Jesus. Jesus is our example. He is our portrait. He is the one where you and I can look at what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life and then look at Jesus and go, okay, that's the character of Jesus. That's where I need to be. This is the, the path of holiness. This is the path of righteousness. This is the path of who God has made me and created me to be. And then the chisel, God will start to chisel some things in our, in our life, right? He'll, he'll look at something in our heart and he's saying, hey, I don't want you to hate your brother and sister. And we feel that, right? And we maybe feel hate in this moment. And God's going, hey, I want to chisel that off of your heart. You don't need to carry that. Or maybe we're holding on to some unforgiveness. And the chisel comes, and right? And he's going, hey, I need to eliminate some of that from your life. Maybe drunkenness. And he's like, I don't want you to be uh, tied to that substance. Let's start chipping that away, whatever that may be, right? And the God starts to convict us of sin. It could be lust. It could be whatever it is. He's saying, I don't want you to be held captive by the things of this world. I came to set you free. And in the moment, a chisel is not fun, right? Like, can we all agree? Like, in that, that's a hard, strenuous process. We don't come wake up the next day going, Woo, I hope God chisels me today, right? Like, I hope he, he eliminates some things from my life. But being the good, loving father that he is, he looks at your life, he looks at my life, and goes, hey, I want the best for you. I want you to experience the freedom that I've called you to. I want you to experience actually the freedom I died for, for you to live into. And I'm not doing this because I, I hate you, and I'm doing this because I'm a mean father. I'm doing this because I love you. Anybody that has maybe a younger sibling or a friend of a younger sibling, we know that there are moments in life where in love we have to step in and say, this is not right. 
This is not good. And then the conviction of righteousness. I love this as followers of Christ, and I don't think we talk about it enough in our relationship with God. God is going, this is who I want you to be. And as a church, one of our roles in this world is to stand up in the world and to stand up for what is right. Because we know what is right. We know what is righteous, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit begins to convict us, and we see an injustice. We see something wrong in the world. You and I have an opportunity to go, wait a second, that's not right. I don't know that in my own intuition, but God is God's word. God has told me, the Holy Spirit is telling me that's not right. And we have an opportunity to stand up in the church as a light sitting up on a hill of going, this is what's right. This is what God's called you to. And now we're a city on a hill, as the Bible describes. We are light in the darkness. And that's not easy either, right? And I'm telling you, it's not getting any easier. We talked about last week that uh, we in scripture, God uh, begins to teach his followers that, hey, trouble is coming. In fact, you're going to be persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. Not going to be all sunshine and rainbows, but expect that I'm going to be with you, that I'm going to be walking with you through this. And I'm going to give you strength when you need strength. I'm going to give you guidance when you need guidance. And so he gives us those big pieces. And then he says, I'm going to convict the world of judgment. And that's the piece that we see. And uh, maybe if we grew up in church, we kind of leaned heavy on the conviction of judgment, right? Maybe there were certain times and periods, but we don't need to go away from it because judgment is coming, right? Every single person on this earth will stand before God one day and give an account for the life that we lived. But as followers of Jesus, we have an advocate. We can stand before the Father, and the the moment we stand before the Father, the helper is going to be there with us. The helper is going to be standing right next to us and going, God, this is your son. This is your daughter. They place their faith in you. They are set free. And now they let me let me walk you into heaven, right? The helper, let me walk you into eternity, not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus done. The helper comes with us on the day of judgment as our advocate, as the one declaring this is a child of God. This is your promise. This is our hope on the day of judgment this is why it is good news because we will all face judgment one day right we will all stand before God but we get to share the good news you don't have to stand there and be judged by God and say no depart depart from me because I never knew you right like we don't we don't have to do that we're sharing the gospel we're sharing the good news that's the bad news Jesus comes and brings the good news right he's saying you can be free you can be free so easily that Jesus actually left heaven and died on the cross for you and I and it that's why it's the free gift of grace and it's not by our works but the power of the gospel that God has for you and I. This is why this message is so so important for you and I. And I believe that God is convicting us of righteousness. He's calling you. He's calling me. He's calling his church. And he's saying, hey, I have some holy work 
that I want you to do. I have some holy work that I have placed. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's masterpiece, right? And he says, then he goes on to say, I have works that I have already pre-planned for your life. Like how amazing is that to know that when you woke up this morning, God pre-planned. He already had work. He had people he's going to put in your path. He knew the jobs that were going to come up and all of these things. God begins to convict us of righteousness, this holy work. And he begins to shape us. The Holy Spirit shapes us. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, right? The, the spiritual gifts that he called us to. He gives us uh, natural talents that we can use. Jacob, I can't play a tune for nothing. But when Jacob stands up here, there's some uh, holy anointing work, right? Like, amen, right? Like these things that he's doing. Like, I don't have certain gifts, but God has given each and every one of us the body of Christ. Some of us are the arm, some are the mouth, some are the eyes, some are the ears. Some of you have, may have the spiritual gift of prophet where you can walk into a place and go, no, 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 this is the truth. This is the word of God, right? Some of you may have the gift of discernment and you can walk into a meeting and walk into the situation, but you don't know why, but you just know the, the continents of everybody in the room. Like you just have this discernment of going, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. The, something about them may be off. Maybe I need to check on them a little bit later. Maybe you felt that before, whatever it may be, but God is convicting us of righteousness. He's calling us to the life that he's created us for. And here's the beautiful thing, because uh, one of, another core values uh, of our church is to bridge the generation. And there is every generation represented here in this room and in this building right here this morning. And it doesn't matter your age. My son, uh, he gave his, oh, he's sitting right there. Hey, Maddox. He, he was baptized just this last month. I don't mean to embarrass you, sorry. Uh, last month, and he's seven years old. Seven, right? Yeah, okay. I have four. Give me a break, okay? But anyway, um, he's seven years old. He has the same Holy Spirit that I do. The same helper that I have, that you have. It does, it, seven or 77. Seven or 107, right? We have the same Holy Spirit that God is doing a work in. He may layer truth differently, right? Like he may reveal some things, peel the layers back in time as we grow in Christ. But the same power, the same Holy Spirit that's doing each and every one of us. So no matter our age, God has an incredible work for you. He wants to do in you. And he's starting to do that work the moment we give our life to Christ. I would argue even before that, he begins to convict us of some of those things and drawing us in to what God is doing inside of our lives, inside of our hearts. And then he continues on. And then the scripture continues. And he says, not only does the Holy Spirit come to convict us of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Then, it, then he says something. He says, the spirit of truth will come. And he will guide us into all truth, right? Like all truth is God's truth, right? And, and he's saying the Holy Spirit will guide us towards what is true, what is right. And the Holy Spirit will begin to show us what it is. I remember um, when we first planted this church and I went to lunch with uh, a particular guy and he began to tell me. And as soon as I sat down, uh, I, I can't explain to you really the, the feeling. The best way I can is I was just... I just all of a sudden overwhelmed, became uncomfortable. And he didn't do anything to make me uncomfortable. But the, the Holy Spirit, I believe, was preparing me for what he was about to say. And he, he was a uh, he, he was there's this uh, section of Christianity. It's a it's a different than what the Bible teaches. And so uh, he started to evangelize to me what this truth was. And the moment he started talking, the Holy Spirit was like it was just it was I didn't know what it was. It was just like wrecking me in the moment. I was like, what is happening? And then he said something that was against truth. And I said, ah, 
okay, I know what's going on now, right? Like the Holy Spirit warned me like this is coming. Like he will guide you into all truth. He will help. He is the helper, right? And all of a sudden that moment I had the conviction of going, wait a second, that's not right. That's not what God's word. Like I just read it. Like that's not, this is different, right? And, and so God began to teach that in me and through me. And that's what he does. And so you may be a student in the room and you hear somebody say something in class and you're going, wait a second, that's, that's not right. It's the Holy Spirit working, guiding us into truth. We may be at work or we may be talking with a friend and they say something and you're going, wait a second, that's not what the word of God says. Now, it's our opportunity. God gives us the freedom to yield to that moment, right? Or to kind of override that moment. But the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us here and and teach us to, to guide us into all truth. And then he gives us this little nugget here. And this is pretty good. And y'all going to have to calm me down a little bit because this is where it gets exciting. Remember the boxing illustration? Anyway, um, he says something here in verse 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will tell, like, if we hear you and I, he will tell you about the future. What a nugget of truth for you and I. But if we read the book of Acts, we see this is common practice for the disciples. And I want to give you one example here in uh, Acts chapter 20. This, this is the Apostle Paul as uh, he's going on one of his missionary journeys. He says, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He's saying the Holy Spirit's telling me I know without a fact that that's where God's calling me to go on my next missionary journey. But then he says, I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. He's he's telling the apostle Paul, this is what's going to happen. It's like the Holy Spirit loves him enough to go, hey, I want to send you there, uh, but I want you to start mentally preparing. It's the jail, suffering, like all of these things are ahead of you, but I want you to know what's in the future. I want you to know what is coming. And the Holy Spirit does that for you, and he does that for me. And it's not always news like this. You're like, oh, great, I'm glad I came to church. The Holy Spirit's going to tell me jail and suffering is on the way. Uh, But it it could be he's saying, hey, the, the job that you're hoping for, the job that you're waiting is coming. Just trust me and my timing, right? It, it could be the, the relationship that you feel like you just keep going on dates and it's not working, it's not working. God's going, hey, trust me and my timing, it's going to come. Like he gives us this picture of the future. Or he may say, hey, don't take, don't take that job. I don't know what it is. The money looks really, really good, but don't take that job. And he, I'm going to lead you somewhere else, right? Like the Holy Spirit begins to tell us about the future. That's the amazing truth that God has for us. We may not fully understand it. And I'm going to be honest, most of the time we don't fully understand it in the moment. We get a word or a nudge from the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our minds. And you're going, okay, God, I don't, I don't know why, well, like, why should I do this? Or well, I don't know, I'm not fully understand why this should happen. I remember one pastor one time, he said, if you're 52% sure, you're 100% sure, right? Like these, these special terms there where you, when you know, like, okay, this is what God is doing. And I'm going to take a step of faith. and I'm going to trust him that he's guiding me in this moment. And God's going to continue to work inside of your life, inside of my heart. But look at what Apostle Paul he, he begins to, he knows that this is what is ahead, that the future is, uh, I know, except, uh, so he tells me that city after city, they're jail and suffering lie ahead, but this is his next verse. And this verse right here, whoo, you might want to 
you might want to strap it up onto the wall because it is so powerful. Verse 24, it says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He's saying trials and suffering lie ahead, but my life is worth nothing unless I'm sharing the good news of Jesus. And I hope that that is our testimony. That is our heart cry. Like what? I don't know, God, what lies ahead in 2022 or 2023 or whatever lies ahead, God. But I know my life is worth nothing to me unless I go to work and declare the good news. Unless I go to my marriage, go to my family and to declare the good news of Christ. God, I don't know what lies ahead, but I know that the helper is going with me. He is shaping me. He is molding me. He is empowering me. He is giving me grace and strength to carry on each and every day when I don't think I can anymore. The Holy Spirit is going to be there with us because he is the helper. And we see this amazing truth in John chapter 16. He begins to teach. And it's funny how when Jesus is giving us such powerful truth, and it's almost like he's trying to uh, push people away from the faith because he keeps bringing back trials and he keeps bringing back troubles, right? He keeps bringing back like, hey, look, I'm giving you this amazing truth. It's going to be incredible, but... Trial and suffering is on the way, right? Like try, it's like he's trying to tell you and I, this world is broken. People are sinful. We still struggle with those sins. We still struggle with what's going on. And it's like he's trying to, like we talked last week, this is not our home. That he is calling us to eternity. He's saying, wow, you are here. He said, continue to let me shape you and mold you, but also let me use you for my glory. The mission that I've called you to. And if you want your soul to feel at rest, living on mission for Christ, even if a storm is raging on behind you. And look, you would still be tired, still be hurt. My legs are sore this morning, right? Like waking up trying to do. But God is saying, I'm going to sustain you in it. But my soul is at rest because I have my brothers and sisters with me. We're serving. We're moving. Like God, whatever lies ahead, we're going to continue to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he wants that for your life. He wants that for our life. And as a church, we are a mission on a hill and Jesus ends chapter 16 with this and it's a pretty famous verse and I'm going to get ready to close here and we're going to sing together again but John chapter 16 verse 33 he says I have told you this so that you may have peace in me that's enough right there he says here on earth you will face many trials and sorrows this this is a promise of God but it's not one we want to like hang up on the mirror, right? Like, but he's saying, hey, you will. It's not saying you might. You will face trials and sorrows. But then he comes back and says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You and I, this truth right here, expect troubles. Expect troubles. But also expect the power to overcome expect that you and I are going to face a world that doesn't always agree with us, right? Like expect that, but also expect that God's going to give us the words to say, the power to keep going forward. Expect that we're going to face and get disappointed by people, but also expect that I'm going to be fully satisfied in Christ, right? Like expect that our bodies are going to wear thin, but also remember this is not our home, right? Like expect that there's going to be heartache expect that it's not always going to be easy but also expect it's going to be worth it 
Expect that somebody may betray us. But also expect that God will work all things out for the good of those who love him. And that's the truth that you and I have. We have the helper dwelling in us. The helper dwelling through us. And the last verse here. I just, wanna, I just want us to get a picture of who the helper is in his role. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. How amazing is the spirit of God that looked at a dead body and said, come back to life, lives in that same power and presence lives in you and I as we head out into this world. That same presence heads into the hospital room. That same presence heads into our marriage. That same presence heads into as a parent. And all of these areas as our work, when our relationship with our friends, into the darkest moments of our lives. Expect trouble. Expect the valley. But we will not walk in the valley alone, right? That is the promise of God. That we can expect the power to overcome. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. And that's the promise we cling to. I have the helper today. You have the helper today. And if you're, maybe you're sitting here saying, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I've never given my life to Christ. And I, I'd love for you to walk out of this place knowing that you have a relationship with Jesus. Because on the day that you decide that you want to give your life to Jesus, the, the helper dwells in you. And he starts to do a mighty work in you and through you. But I promise, the, if you don't know Jesus, you've never given your life to him, the first thing that God wants to do in your life is for you to surrender your life to him. That's the thing. He's, he's, he's bringing people into your path. All of these things because he's trying to get to this moment of going, if I can have your heart, now I can begin to do a mighty work inside of you. Now I can begin for you to understand my promises and understand my truth. And so I, I would love to pray with you this morning. And uh, if you in your seats, there's a connect card. And if maybe you uh, pray with me this morning, just you can fill that card out and say, I've decided to follow Jesus or come see me because I want to give you a big old hug. We're going to be in eternity in heaven together okay so like i want to pray with you i want to walk with you through this but we want to follow up and help you say these are what the next steps look like and so for the rest of us i'd love to challenge us with this question maybe begin to, to think on this and maybe ask god what is the holy spirit doing in your life right now what is the holy spirit trying to do in you right now is he trying to convict is there some sin in our life that god's like hey i'm trying to i want to chisel this away i need you i need you to release it i need you to give give this to me i need you to trust me is there some kind of a conviction of righteousness that God is saying, hey, this is, a, this is the lifestyle I'm calling you to. This is, these are some of the gifts I'm trying to get you to lean into. This is the picture I want you to see, some of the characteristics of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kind. Like I'm, I want you to start leaning into some of those. Whatever it may be, just begin to pray and say, God, what are you doing in me? Search my heart, oh God. Help me to see that. Help me to do a mighty work in me. God, give me strength. Maybe it's, hey, I, I want to know more truth. Holy Spirit, God, will you begin to guide me into more truth? Will you put people in my path that are going to help disciple me? God, what is my next step? And I'll give you a hint. You can join a small group, right? All these things, right? Begin to grow into who God has called you to be. And so real quick, I just want to pray. I want to pray two prayers for us, if you'll bear with me. One is, if you want to give your life to Christ, I just want to help guide you in this prayer of what it looks like to give your life to Christ. And then I want to pray for us as the church to go out of this place knowing that we have the helper and that we would open our hearts, open our minds for God to do a mighty, 
precious work inside of our lives. And so let's pray together. If you've never given your life to Christ, we pray a prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I know that I am separated from you. God, I know that I have fallen short. God, I understand that I have sin in my life. God, I believe that you are God. God, I believe that you died on the cross for me, and I believe that you rose again. God, I ask that you would save me and begin to change me into your image. And if you prayed that prayer here this morning, I'd love to, for you to fill that card out. Come see me right after service. I want to pray with you, guide you in this. So for the rest of us as the church, I just want to pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you and praise you so much. God, we cannot begin to put into words the amazing work that the Helper has done inside of our lives, inside of this church. God, but we believe you are not done yet. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit begin a mighty wave of work where that needs to be conviction of sin. God, we welcome it because we want to be more like you. God, if it needs to be conviction of righteousness, I begin. I pray that you illuminate all of those things in our lives that we need to take a step forward in, God. I pray that you give us the, the boldness and the courage to take that step for whatever the faith step is. It, we could think it's small, God, but I pray the faith of a mustard seed uh, will continue to move mountains inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. God, I pray that you would do a work in us. God, I pray that we realize, we worship, we praise you for the helper. Thank you so much, God, for all that you're doing inside of our lives and hearts. I pray that we worship you, God. Give us strength. Sustain us, God. I pray that if there's anybody in the room who's just going through a dark valley season and they don't know which way is up, God, I pray that you begin to illuminate the way for them. Give them supernatural strength. As your, uh, your word says, that you are our comforter. I pray that you comfort them in this moment, God. Walk with them, help them, God, and guide them into community. Guide them into your word. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.